Well, hey, it's going to be a Red Clay Hills day. When you travel up to Georgia, you see those Red Clay Hills. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. We're in North Florida. Jacksonville Jaguars, big fan base in Jacksonville, Duval, North Florida, South Georgia, surrounding areas, pocket of South, Southeast Alabama as well, Central Florida. You guys, hello to you. My name's Scott. I'm, I'm your host for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Episode show number 14 coming at you, season number four. The only 14 I could think of was Justin Blackman. And people say, was Justin Blackman a bust? Well, I, I guess you have to define bust. I mean, he played a little bit. I remember probably the defining moment of Justin Blackman was a long touchdown pass he caught. Gosh, how long has it been now? Seven, eight, nine, probably seven, eight years ago. He caught up what could have been with number 14, Justin Blackman, right? And we shouldn't talk too much about Justin Blackman because it's all been discussed at nauseum for years. I saw a touchdown pass. I'm pretty sure it was Blaine Gabbert. A little pass, 15, 20 yards. Blackman caught it and ran all the way for a touchdown. And I believe it was against the then St. Louis Rams on the road, as I understand it. So Justin Blackman wore number 14, did not have the overwhelming career. The Jaguars traded up to get him. That was a Gene Smith deal, right? The uh, the old GM, GM, the old GM, the old GM, Gene Smith. That's a tongue twister there. Uh, as far as number 14 goes, it was somebody else at war number 14 that was a cool, if I can, you know, sometimes I, I'll do a podcast and I'll say, I'll say, man, I forgot about this guy. I forgot about that guy. There was a guy that played actually for the Kansas City Chiefs back in the day, back in the 1970s, running back Ed Podolak of the Kansas City Chiefs. He wore number 14. And I think he wore it honorably. Justin Blackman had issues. It really cost the Jags a lot when they, you know, they traded up to get this, you know, not franchise receiver, but potentially Justin Blackman should have been a number one wide receiver. So much promise. And I believe that Fiesta Bowl game. Hey, when I saw Justin Blackman in the Fiesta Bowl, I wanted him too. I'll be the first one to admit that. Andrew Luck played in that game. I believe it was Stanford versus Oklahoma State uh, many years ago now. Gosh, that game must have been, you know, we can look up the year. It must have been nine, ten years ago. Andrew Luck no longer in the NFL. Justin Blackman. I don't know where he is. Number 14. Ed Podolak. I'm going to give him a little bit more credit. He had a pretty good career. With the Kansas City Chiefs as a running back, and he wore number 14. He was back in the day, though, 1970s. I do want to delve into this letter that uh, Trevor Lawrence wrote that showed up in a publication or site, I believe called the Tribune, where I first saw it. And... I read, you know, and, and I'm a funny guy when it comes to reading. I'll read a little something, but not the whole thing. And then I'll go back and read the rest of it. 
But I'm reading just excerpts of this letter by Trevor Lawrence because then I got busy doing something else and I couldn't finish the whole letter. But as soon as I started reading it, you know, I said, I started reading behind the lines or reading in between the lines. I think that's the proper term. Um, we got coffee brewing now at World Headquarters. Good morning, everybody. I know some of you may listen to this podcast in the afternoon or late at night or the evening, but we're recording on uh, February the 9th of 2023. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl between Philly and Kansas City. Point spread has changed some in that game. It started out as a, I think Philly was favored by two, then it's down to a point and a half. We'll check the latest point spread on that game, too, on this particular podcast. But getting to that letter that Trevor Lawrence wrote, you know, I started reading about the letter, and I'm sure by now a lot of you have read the letter, and I don't even mind reading the letter here on the podcast, but I also wanted to, you know, we got a lot of comments from the BigJReport.com Facebook group, and we'll go through all of that. want to talk about our sponsors, though, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, Elegant Time Travel. Elegant Time Travel can put you in the seat to going to the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, June the 8th through June the 12th. D.D. McDermott, he's a guy with Elegant Time Travel. You can call D.D. McDermott to um, reserve your seat on the nice coach bus heading from Jacksonville, North Florida, up to Canton, Ohio, for four days and three nights at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You'll tour the Pro Football Hall of Fame Museum. You'll see most all the busts you want to see from the guys that have been elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The films, the uniforms, the helmets. Uh, You'll even take a tour. I think one day in particular, you'll take a tour to the Hall of Fame football stadium, which I think D.D. said is like four or five blocks from the actual Pro Football Hall of Fame Museum. So you'll take a tour of the uh, stadium as well. The phone number to call D.D. McDermott. Let me give you D.D.'s D.D.'s phone number where you can call him at Elegant Time Travel and uh, Dark Diamond Entertainment. Here's the phone number to call D.D. McDermott. He's right here in Jacksonville, by the way, 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. The Hall of Fame trip will be June the 8th through June the 12th of this year, 2023. If you've never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, you got no excuse now. Uh, this trip is, you know, it's going to it's gonna cost you a little bit, but it's not that expensive. I mean, and you can make some... So you can make a down payment and, you know, some some monthly payments over the next, you know, three or four months up until trip time, I believe. You can call D.D. McDermott. He'll give you the details about that at 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. That's the phone number for Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. Call D.D. McDermott about the Pro Football Hall of Fame trip leaving in June from Jacksonville, Florida, and North Florida up to uh, Canton, Ohio, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Didi's also looking for folks from South Georgia that want to go as well. You know, that in particular are Jaguars fans. You don't necessarily have to be a Jaguars fan to go on the trip. But for all the details, 
called D.D. McDermott at Elegant Time Travel. Let me give you D.D.'s phone number again. It's 904, right here in Jacksonville, area code. We're in the 904, 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810, or email D.D. McDermott at Don McDermott. That's Don McDermott. 32218 at yahoo.com. He spells Don, D-A-W-N, M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T, 32218 at yahoo.com, or give DD a call, 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. That's for Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. It's going to be a nice trip, June the 8th through June the 12th. Uh, leaving from Jacksonville and North Florida, and the buses will take you up to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, for about four days, three nights, free breakfast in the morning. Uh, really outstanding um, accommodations at, I believe, Dee Dee said the Baymont, the Baymont Hotel, I believe, or Motel, Baymont Hotel, I believe, up in Ohio. And Didi will give you the details. I gave you his phone number and and uh, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment, one of our good sponsors of BigJReport.com, and of course our Teal Shirt Report podcast. For your real estate needs, remember in North Florida and surrounding areas, it's uh, Saucerility and Capital, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, Saucerility and Capital. Larry Saucer has vast experience um, in not only real estate, but land appraisals, too. He's been doing that for years, so he can appraise the land. Whether you're buying, selling, get a land appraisal, do it upright the right way, you can get a land appraisal from Larry Saucer as well. And for your real estate needs, it's Saucer Realty and Capital. And to find the link for Saucerility and Capital, just go to BigJReport.com, scroll down to our second weather report, and you'll find the link for Saucerility and Capital. I think we got a couple of areas where we do the weather on the homepage now at BigJReport.com. And by the way, this is the best way, this is absolutely the best way to listen to the podcast. Go to BigJReport.com, BigJReport.com. You'll also find links for... LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. I had a chance to listen to LakeUfallahits.com the other night. Great internet radio where it's all good. They have uh, Rock Saturdays, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Recognizable hits during the banker's hours, uh, Monday through Friday, morning to late in the afternoon. And then, of course, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Uh, Rock Saturdays, and, of course, late at night. They do have uh, deep cuts, album tracks, uh, unique songs late at night with LakeUfallahits.com. I have been getting super tied up the last couple of weeks. I had a chance to listen to Max's show um, the week before last. I Max, I had every intention to, to listen to the show, to call the show. Then I had some issues with my... Um, my cell phone and was unable to call you and we'll try it again next Wednesday. And everybody out there, if you haven't caught Max's show or you haven't listened to it in a couple of weeks, like myself, 
Go to madmaxmix.weebly.com and check out the Wednesday night. It's a Wednesday night internet radio, internet radio Wednesday night music request show. Great show. Max plays those songs mainly of yesteryear, but in a kind of a different style. Classic rock songs, music, pop classics from years gone by. And Max, Max will tell you a story with almost every song, almost every singer or music or rock group that he plays for you. He'll play the Leonard Skinner, the Steely Dan. Um, Max will play Gary Wright, Joe Jackson many many others so check it out you'd be glad you did the madmaxmix.weebly.com you'll find a link for mad max's show by the way on our website at bigjreport.com bigjreport.com and uh, for mad max's uh, mix the madmaxmix.weebly.com go to our neighbors two section or the outside the box page and you will absolutely Find the link. Easy to click on links when you go to our website. So you'll find an easy to click on link for Mad Max's show, madmaxmix.weebly.com. You'll find the link for lakeyoufallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. And of course, of course, um, of course, Saucer Realty and Capital. You'll find a link for uh, Larry Saucer and Saucer Realty and Capital's website by going to our homepage and scrolling to, I believe, our second uh, weather report um, on our homepage. You'll find it, a link for Saucer Realty and Capital. You'll find some, you know, you'll find some high school basketball interviews on our homepage, too, with Alex Nunnery. High school basketball scores uh, from the past couple of weeks are up there. So check it out, bigjreport.com. And you're listening to episode show number 14 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've saluted Ed Podolak number 14, and that's a different type of... I always thought it was, it was kind of cool about Ed Podolak because he wore a different type of number. Most running backs don't wear number 14. It was almost like a quarterback number. But I remember Ed Podolak... Uh, fine running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, War 14. Then the guy that that I wanted, that a lot of people wanted, and apparently GM Gene Smith wanted. He traded up for Justin Blackman. It did not work out. This guy could have been a number one receiver, could still have been a number one receiver at this juncture, but he gave it all up for – basically problems in his life and you got to think the guy didn't want to play i don't think he was going to be reinstated the last time that maybe he went for reinstatement and i don't know what the latest is on justin blackman been kind of a sad state of affairs with him it's a shame all that talent he had and fans that are deep Jacksonville Jaguars fans, they know what I'm talking about. We're going to talk about the Trevor Lawrence letter. I kind of give you my thoughts on it as well. we got North Florida Entertainment coming up. The Iceman sadly lost a hockey game on Wednesday night. We'll talk about that as well. But they're having a great season, the Jacksonville Iceman are. we got more coming up, talking about the Jaguars making sense out of it all. North Florida Entertainment and other area sports as well. 
You are listening to episode show number 14 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is season number four, episode show number 14. And hey, we got we got more coming up. Stay tuned. Hey, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. We're going to get to this Trevor Lawrence letter. And being a longtime guy from Jacksonville, I was born here. And a guy that's followed this team ever since the birth of the team, like a year and a half before they even started playing when they got the franchise awarded in 93. And I believe November of 93, then started playing and playing the real games in September of 1995. I, you know, I, I really liked the letter that uh, Trevor Lawrence wrote. And we're going to, we're going to talk about it on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. East Coast Hockey League action. Um, the Iceman did lose to the Florida Everblades two to one. Kind of a battle of South Florida and North Florida. And Jacksonville has done well against this very formidable formidable, and long-time, I mean, really charter franchise of the East Coast Hockey League, the Florida Everblades. World-renowned franchise in the East Coast Hockey League. The uh, Iceman lost. Um, let's see, I believe that game was played down in South Florida. The uh, Florida Everblades 2, the Jacksonville Iceman 1. Uh, that game was played on February the 8th. That would have been uh, Wednesday night, February the 8th. The uh, Florida Everblades 2, the Jacksonville Iceman 1. And so the Iceman, tough loss. Um, the Atlanta Gladiators lost on February the 8th. Also, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits 4, the Atlanta Gladiators 3, a final in overtime. And some of the action on February the 8th. Again, the Florida Everblades 2, the Jacksonville Iceman 1. East Coast Hockey League standings, the Florida Everblades, that was a big win for them. You know, when you get in these games and all of a sudden you lose by one goal and you say, man, we were so close. And it's a big win. A win is a win. Florida Everblades pocket that win. And they're in first place in the East Coast Hockey League Southern Division with 60 points. 6-0, 60 points in the uh, 60 total points in the standings in the East Coast Hockey League in the Southern Division. South Carolina Stingrays with 57 points. The Iceman, that was a tough loss. The Iceman have 57 points. They're tied for second place with South Carolina. So South Carolina and Jacksonville both have 57 total points in the standings. They're second and third places. They're tied in the Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League. Greenville Swamp Rabbits, 55 total points are in fourth place. The Atlanta Gladiators have slipped to fifth place with 54 total points in the standings. But when you take a look at it, there's five teams in the East Coast Hockey League Southern Division that are actually, can you believe this, separated by, by what, five points? Five points in the standings, six points in the standings. Atlanta with 54 total points in the standings are in fifth place. Orlando's basically out of it, but the, really the 
as, or Orlando's out of it as far as having a shot at winning the division. Orlando with 48 points. And the first year, Savannah Ghost Pirates are in seventh place. They've got 34 total points in the standings. Meanwhile, Orlando with 48 total points are in sixth place. Atlanta Gladiators with 54 points. And we gave you the top four teams a moment ago in the East Coast Hockey League standings of the Southern Division. We're going to get to this letter uh, concerning Trevor Lawrence. It kind of made the rounds on social media. Didn't take long for it to get around for a day or two. And after I kind of read the letter or parts of the letter, and then I think I eventually finished the entire letter, I kind of read between the lines on it. Um, you know, again, the Iceman lost real quick. Tough loss for the Jacksonville Iceman. North Florida versus South Florida battle. The Florida Everblades 2, the Jacksonville Iceman won a final on Wednesday night, February the 8th of 2023. I just ran across that in their Facebook group, so I thought I'd mention that again. But getting down to the letter part, um... Concerning Trevor Lawrence and reading between the lines, when I read some of the letter and then more of the letter, this is kind of what I came up with personally. And and I'll go back to what I was trying to say earlier. You know, a kid that was born in Jacksonville, Florida, I spent, you know, the mass majority of my grade school years in Jacksonville, junior high, high school, uh, college. And, you know, moved up and moved up to Western Georgia, ran a radio station, you know, back, what, over 20 years ago or longer. It's kind of funny. My executive producer the other day was saying something about, can you believe I've known you for over 30 years? Yeah, time flies. It does. Um, my executive producer also has another saying that, that he likes to say. When we say, okay, well, this guy wrote this. Tom Brady had a statement. Shotgun had a statement. This one, that one had a statement. And my executive producer will say, well, they're saying the right things. Well, I think Trevor Lawrence, to a point, was saying the right things in, in his letter. But, man, it, it touched me. It touched the mass majority of the Jaguars fans, I believe. I really believe this. Jaguars fans from all different levels of society and um, all different parts of the economy and the community and fandom. And But when I read the letter, and I, I'm going to attempt to read the letter to you as well, but after I read Trevor's letter, it was kind of, Warm, you know, it was a really warm, personal letter he wrote to the fans about his feelings about being here in Duval, about when the team was behind and up against it and going through the tough times, and then things came together. What And most of you probably read Trevor's letter that are listening to our podcast, but this is the feeling I got from it. I did jot down some of my impressions about the letter. And it was something like this, reading between the lines in the letter Jack's quarterback Trevor Lawrence wrote to Jacksonville, you can tell he understands his fan base 
and he knows how good, how good this fan base is and how underrated our fan base is in the national spotlight. And he wants to be here. He understands now. He understands what the people from Jacksonville, Duval, the, the people, the, the fans that have been here since day one, and, and even the fans that came along even a little bit later in life. Because some of us, you know, some of you guys were were born after the, the team was born. Um, I always thought it was kind of cool when we, we got the team in 93. I said, you know, I'm going to collect a few things from the – beginnings of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've got like a little blue book with a lot of football cards in there. And I've got, you know, I've got my uh, collection of mini helmets. I think I've got four different mini helmets. I've even got one with the original quote unquote logo that the Jaguars got rid of due to potentially the Jaguar car company. Maybe suing the Jaguars over the original logo, but I've got that mini helmet. Somebody saw me with that mini helmet one day, and they said, man, that's money. I've had a lot of players sign the mini helmet as well. I, um, I've i actually posted my mini helmet with the signatures on there in the BigJReport.com Facebook group. I think I posted it on Twitter as well. One of my, you know, one of my really um, prized possessions, along with a photo I've got with, like, when there was the first draft party ever in 1995 when Hall of Famer Tony Baselli, well, he was not a Hall of Famer back in 90, 1995 when he got drafted. But I've got this shirt from River City Brewing at the the first, actually the first Jaguars draft party ever in 1995. And the first the first 10, I believe, the, the first 10 original Jaguars were there and they all signed this shirt which was was framed by my wife at that time. And it's a prized possession for me. It really is along with the mini helmets, especially the, the original uh, mini helmet as well. But reading between the lines in the letter Jags quarterback Trevor Lawrence wrote to Jacksonville, you can tell he understands his fan base and he knows how good, how good and underrated the fan base is uh, here in Jacksonville, Duval, North Florida, surrounding areas. And he wants to be here. And he understands now. He understands what, what I understand, what the, the longtime Jaguars fans understand, that particularly the national media does not understand. But Trevor Lawrence understands it. And I see him as the quarterback here. If he, if he stays healthy, I see him the quarterback here for a long time, at least the next 10 years or more. P.S. I feel this letter by Trevor comes from his heart, eyes, and soul. My thoughts. I'm Scott, your host of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. In my opinion, Trevor Lawrence, he very much wants to be here in Duval as the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk more coming up. We'll, we'll take a look at the actual letter on the next segment of the podcast. We'll talk more North Florida entertainment. Um, also, other area sports. And we'll even get an update on the line on the Super Bowl game. Super Bowl number 57 in Arizona. Coming up uh, this Sunday, 
February the 12th. Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get the latest line on the game, talk about the game some. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And hey, thank you for listening. This is episode show number 14, season number four of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Hey, we got more coming up. I got the uh, I got the letter. We're going to talk about the letter Trevor Lawrence wrote. You know, and I think he he wrote this letter just you know shortly after the playoff loss uh, in Kansas City, where the Jags lost by twenty seven to twenty. Thus, they were eliminated from the playoffs. But the Jaguars, a great season, finishing in the final eight of the NFL. An AFC South Division title banner that'll go up in the stadium uh, for the 2022 season. And let's get to this uh, letter. By the way, it's a new day. We got good updates for you now. It's uh, February the 11th, Saturday, February the 11th. I've been taking a look at high school football, and we're going to get to the Trevor Lawrence letter. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention real quickly about college football, it is now official in the SEC, Oklahoma and Texas, or Texas and Oklahoma, if you will, are entering the SEC. It's now been made official as of just a couple of days ago. It's now completely official. The uh, two schools or two teams, if you will, Texas and Oklahoma, will be officially uh, entering, and they've moved it up. It looked like it was going to be 2025. Now it's been moved up to where the teams are officially joining the SEC conference. And, you know, schedules are not like the old days. seems like they can change them around a lot quicker. But, and we're going to be doing some polls up on uh, BigJReport.com Facebook group as well. But what I was going to tell you is Texas and Oklahoma will move into the SEC now. And that will occur in the summer of 2024, which should also include the 2024 season. So there's going to be one more season without Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. And then Texas and Oklahoma will enter the SEC in 2024. This kind of has a ricochet or boomerang effect where I'm assuming now these teams, the Big 12 has been talking about joining their league. I'm assuming this will probably take place around 2024 as well. The rumor teams that we've been hearing for the Big 12, it's kind of funny, you know, the Big 12 was operating as a Big 12 with 10 teams <laughs> for a long time. It looks like they'll actually have 12 teams, Texas and Oklahoma, leave. I know the Big 12 hates losing those two really um, long-time, basically, franchises, if you want to call them that, franchise schools that are leaving the Big 12 in Texas and Oklahoma and going for the greener grass of the SEC. You know, Texas and Oklahoma, you know, they're still going to be located geographically and configurably. Um, uh, configuratively and geographically where they're located in Texas and Oklahoma, but uh, it's going to make the the SEC wider and more vast. 
right? So real quickly, and we're going to be talking about this because I do want to, you know, I definitely want to discuss the SEC. That's my favorite conference. We cover the SEC. We do the SEC power rankings right here. Well, on our website at bigjreport.com and also here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So, you know, you got to be thinking about this. What's the SEC going to do? I've heard a couple of different stories, rumors. I've got my opinion. I, I think probably in my opinion, I would take Texas and Oklahoma, put them in the SEC West. Then if you go geographically, you can't separate Alabama and Auburn. You got to move them to the East. That would, I mean, then you're going to have a lot of your, really your SEC charter teams that have been in there for years in the same division. Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee will all be in the East, along with Kentucky and Vanderbilt, Missouri. And then what you get in the West, the SEC West, all of a sudden now it's like the old Southwest Conference. You're going to have Texas in there, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. And those teams will play each other every year. Texas and Oklahoma are still going to be playing. They're going to move from the Big 12 to the SEC together. But now they join up with Jimbo doing the limbo. And they got a new offensive coordinator there, too. You know who it is. Guy used to coach Louisville. Bobby Petrino, I think, is the new offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. It's going to be interesting at College Station. So you're going to have Texas, Oklahoma, And I'm thinking they'd be crazy not to do it this way. You put Oklahoma and Texas in the West together. You take Alabama and Auburn, move them to the East. And you're really going to have the East will get immediately stronger. The SEC West will really become traditional with Texas, Oklahoma and Texas A&M playing each other every year. So Texas A&M gets those rivalries back, so to speak. LSU is pretty close to Texas. Um, You know, you're going to have, and not to mention Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas and Texas were rivals back in the day in the 70s, big time rival. Arkansas and Texas, and they did, you know, they did actually play each other a couple of years ago in Texas, and Arkansas pulled the upset on them with Coach Sam Pittman just a year before last, would have been in the 2021 college football season so the sec taking shape man it's going to be kind of exciting but the nil deals the way college football is changing may put a damper on it where this thing goes will the ncaa have any control over anything will the the uh, college football presidents have more control i doubt it espn they own this thing right you look at the bowl games, I mean, 80 or 90% of the games are on ESPN, some on ABC, but I think basically that's pretty much the same deal, right? So that's all I got to say about the SEC and college football today. We're going to talk about this Trevor Lawrence letter. Um, I read this letter, I read bits and pieces of this letter, and I did comment on the letter earlier on this podcast. We're now getting to an update. It's... Um, Saturday morning, February the 11th. Hey, the Iceman won 2-1 to one over the Atlanta Gladiators. Howard Cogswell, one of our BigJReport.com Facebook group moderators, was at the game. Man, he looked like he had a big time at the game, too. Had a really good time, I believe. Sent pictures in the Facebook group of uh, the mascot. By the way, the guy that's that 
that's uh, and I can't think of the I can't think of the the Iceman mascot name to save my life. Uh, but I know the guy that's inside the suit is actually in our group, in our BigJReport.com Facebook group. I'll just leave it at that. Iceman won, beat the Gladiators on Friday night, February the 10th. Big game for the Iceman. Big win. There's about three or four teams really battling to try to win that Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League. Big win for the Iceman, the Jacksonville Iceman, two. The Atlanta Gladiators won on Friday night, February the 10th. Now the uh, Trevor Lawrence letter, as I was mentioning just a minute or two ago, you know, I read bits and pieces of the letter. That's kind of that's kind of what I what I do. I, I kind of skim letters, articles, and I'll go back to them and then read the rest of it. So I start skimming this. It's not an article. I I was skimming this letter to Jacksonville by Trevor Lawrence. It looks like it was put out by the Players Tribune. It's called. So I'm reading this this uh, letter. I start reading this letter bits and pieces, and I'm saying, man, Trevor Lawrence gets it. Um, It sounds to me like a genuine, heartfelt, um, from the heart, the soul, and his eyes, and his feel. He's got a feel for this town now in Jacksonville. He's got a feel for the stadium. He's got a feel for the area. He's got a feel for the franchise. Here's the letter. Trevor Lawrence writes... And it looks like this letter was written, I believe it was February, yeah, February the 8th of 2023, which was, heck, just, what, three days ago. Today now is Saturday, February the 11th. I do want to read you the letter. Trevor Lawrence says, look, I I don't want to be writing this. I don't want to be home. I want to be out there with my guys prepping for another game. He's writing this after the Kansas City Chiefs loss in Kansas City at Arrowhead. I'll repeat this. Look, I don't want to be writing this. I don't want to be home. I want to be out there with my guys prepping for another game. I want to be showing out for Jacksonville. I might, you know, heck, I might tear up reading this, man. Trevor says, I want to be showing out for Jacksonville. But these past few months, we've grown a lot as a team. Trevor talking about the Jaguars. And we want we want this to be the beginning of our story. So I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all of Duval because I know how much this season meant to our city. And you know, when Trevor prefaces that our city, he means that. He's here. He's been here a couple of years since being the number one overall draft pick in 2021. When these guys get drafted by a franchise, a team, a city, sticks with them. They want to be successful where they're drafted. There's guys that want to leave after a year or two, but what I'm finding, in, and I broke it. I'm sorry, Trevor. I've, <laughs> I've interrupted your letter here, but there's guys that want to leave. There's guys that want to leave. There's guys that don't even want to be drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to say it's it's not everybody, and it's not the majority, I don't think. But these things have happened in the past. You had a guy named 
and I, I shouldn't even bring his name up, number 20, Ramsey. The guy stole three game checks. And this is not part of Trevor's letter, of course, but this is my commentary. Um, the Jags start winning, and then uh, what do you see? You see Ramsey pop ups, you know, saying some things, some good things about Duval. Man, we don't need him back here. You, you know, he's going to be looking to go somewhere else eventually because, like I said, when he first left Jacksonville, man, he goes to the Rams, and he was fortunate to win a Super Bowl with the Rams a couple of years ago, but man, they didn't even make the playoffs. Playoffs? The Jaguars made the playoffs, and Rams didn't make the playoffs this year. Let's go back to the Trevor letter. I'm sorry I interrupted. Um, I just, my feelings really come out with this letter. Trevor says, look, I don't want to be writing this. I don't want to be home. I want to be out there with my guys prepping for another game. I want to be showing out for Jacksonville. But these past few months, we've grown a lot as a team. Guys, that means a locker room. That locker room's in a pretty good state right now here in Jacksonville. Thank you. Special thanks to Coach Doug Peterson. And this is not part of Trevor Lawrence's letter. This is me talking. Me comment, doing commentary on the letter I'm reading. I'll get back to the letter. Let me just go through the whole letter, not interrupt it. Trevor says, as he wrote this letter on February the 8th, look, I don't want to be writing this. I don't want to be home. I want to be out there with my guys prepping for another game. I want to be showing out for Jacksonville. But these past few months, we've grown a lot as a team. And we want this to be the beginning of our story. So I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all of Duval. Because I know how much this season meant to our city. I'll continue with Trevor's letter. There's one memory I keep coming back to when I think of y'all, of y'all. It's when I was looking up at the scoreboard and it was 27 to nothing. And I'll preface that by saying that was the Chargers playoff game. Again, Trevor went on the right. There's one memory I keep coming back to when I think of y'all. It's when I was looking up at the scoreboard and it was 27 to nothing. I know I don't have to tell you what game. I guess I did, but Trevor said, I guess I don't need to tell you what game. Uh, this was right before our last drive of the half, and the Chargers had been beating us all over the field. And I was going through the tablets, watching back the picks, which he had four of them. Trevor was on the tablet. He was. It says he was going through the tablet, watching back the picks, just trying to keep – Trevor said, I'm just trying to keep myself focused. But then I kind of looked up into the stands, and I noticed something. Nobody was leaving. Trevor said nobody was leaving. That struck me as saying a lot about this place. We're out here down 27 in a playoff game. Most people watching on TV probably thought it was over. But inside the bank, he's referring to TIA Bank Field. It wasn't like that at all. Everyone was still with us, still getting crazy loud and waving their towels and trying to pump us up. Your energy 
in that moment, it meant a lot. It was really, it was a really good reminder that nothing was decided yet. And nothing had to matter except what was in front of us. Those picks, talking about his interceptions, those picks didn't have to matter. The score didn't have to matter. There was a whole half of football left. And we had a really good football team. And we had y'all. We're out here down 27 in a playoff game. Most people watching on TV probably thought it was over. Trevor Lawrence. A lot of teams would a lot of teams will fold when there's enough pressure. And a few teams will fold at the very first sign of pressure. We struggled. Trevor went on to say, we struggled with that last year, last season. Really, all there is to say about last season is this. It wasn't good enough. It was tough. After the coaching change, there was a lot of uncertainty and instability. I could tell there were guys who were looking forward to being anywhere else. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't hear the noise. Not just the noise around our team, but around me as a player. Bust. Yeah, I heard it. Trevor, this is more of Trevor's letter. Bust. Yeah, I heard it. But I didn't let it impact me at all. I know how people get, so I just kept my my head down. And I had a lot of conversations with my wife, Marissa, about the bigger picture of our lives, our journey, who we wanted to be. And her belief in me meant so much. Because I'm talking with her, we just kept we just kept coming back to the idea that we're here for a reason. We really do feel that way. We feel like Jacksonville is our home now. And we badly want to be a part of turning this thing around, all the way around. So I knew I just had to block the noise out. It's funny, around the draft back in 2021, I I made a comment about how I I don't have a chip on my shoulder. And I I meant what I said. I, I didn't have one. I'd never, I've never, I'd never played football to prove anything to anyone. But after last season and the frustrations we all went through, last year absolutely gave me something to prove. I felt the pain of the city. I knew what people expected from me and what they'd invested and what they'd invested in me. I knew that I was supposed to be part of something different for this team. I understood. Boy, Trevor said, we feel like Jacksonville is our home now, and we badly want to be part of turning this thing around, all the way around. And when I met Doug, he's talking about Coach Doug Peterson, and when I met Doug last winter, I could tell that he understood too. Doug really gets it. One of the first conversations I had with him, he told me, I've got to earn everybody's trust. You've all been through a lot in that, in that room. 
and I need to earn that trust. He didn't come in and say, we're fixing this and and that and making a bunch of changes. With Doug, it wasn't even about football. It was about us. It was about every guy in our locker room and having them look at the person next to them and say, I got you and mean it. You know, again, I got you and mean it, you know. And that doesn't happen overnight. It took most of the year. We lost five in a row at one point. We were uh, two and six. It took time. But that belief in ourselves, that refusal to quit, we found it. All season long, I, I kept looking at our division standings. Even when it wasn't going well, I just kept looking like, well, if we win this one and this one and this one, then I remember we were coming off the Detroit Lions uh, loss, maybe our worst loss of the season. That dropped us to four and eight, three games behind Tennessee. And when we got back to Jacksonville, I went over to Christian's house. And that would be uh, wide receiver Christian Kirk. He went over to Christian's house with Zay. And we were all sitting there in shock about how poorly we'd played. Talking about the Detroit game, I believe. But then this thing happened where eventually we moved on from the shock and started figuring out how we could still win the division. And we realized that if we were going to give ourselves a chance, we probably couldn't afford any more losses. So we we went up to Tennessee, beat them, beat the Cowboys in overtime. And he says, shout out to Jinx. He's talking about Rayshon Jenkins, right? And the... Uh, the the uh, interception, uh, the pick, the uh, interception for a touchdown in overtime. So we went up to Tennessee, beat them, beat the Cowboys in overtime. Trevor said, shout out to Jinx. I'm sure he's talking about Rayshon Jenkins. Went to New York Thursday night with a W, beat the Texans, and then it, you know, it was all, and then it was all set for week 18, win and in against the Titans at the bank in Jacksonville. And that's when I, I really felt the city come to life. Amen, is what I'm saying. Back to Trevor's letter. That's when I, I really felt the city come to life. There was energy in the air. The beach had a buzz. Downtown was alive. Even Publix felt a part of it. I don't think people realize how diehard our fans are. Trevor went on to say, I don't think people realize how diehard our fans are, how much Jag, how much Jags fans love this team and how hungry they are for a winner. They just want us to be great. They want, to get there i felt that our guys have we have no quit you can call that cliche if you want i don't care i was there i've lived it i know what i've seen i know what we did trevor lawrence it's a long letter after uh, josh 
Back to Trevor's letter. After Josh ran back this touchdown and the final whistle blew, and we were you're talking about Josh Allen there with the this, this scoop and score on the touchdown against Tennessee. Trevor went on to say, after Josh ran back his touchdown and the final whistle blew and we were AFC South champions, I looked around our stadium. And I should, let me, let me read this line again because there's no S at the end of champions. After Josh ran back his TD, Josh Allen, and the final whistle blew, we were AFC South champion. I looked around our stadium and I knew I was right where I was meant to be. The culture, the culture that everyone in our room helped build, the work that we put in all year, that's why we came back against the Chargers the next week. It wasn't because of some game plan switch or anything like that. It was because we had us and us, our guys, we have no quit. You can call that cliche if you want. I don't care. I was there. I lived it. I know what I've seen. I know what we did. And I know a lot of people probably thought we were just happy to be there against Kansas City at Arrowhead. But if you think that, then you don't know this group. We had a real chance to win that game, and we didn't. And Trevor went on to say, I'm still angry about that. I'm still angry about it. We all are. And I like that. I like how for all the talk about how we're this young team with a bright future, and I believe we are, the main thing guys were focused on after that game was we were right there. We were that team. So... We're going to let ourselves be mad and we're going to use it as fuel to get better for next year. One of the things I remember from last season is thinking again, Trevor, I'll repeat this line that Trevor wrote. I'm still reading from Trevor Lawrence's letter from the uh, Tribune, from the Tribune journal where it originated from. And of course it originated uh, specifically from Trevor Lawrence but one of the things I remember from last season is thinking, how will how will we ever get guys to want to stay here or even come here? It's only a year ago that I was worried about that. And now what I hear is guys talking about how this is a family. I hear guys talking like they know this is one of the best organizations in football. And they wouldn't want to be anywhere else like we're building something here for the long haul and stuff like that, man. It feels good. It makes me really proud to be a Jaguar, Trevor Lawrence. So Duval, thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking with us, for believing in us. We couldn't have done it without you. That playoff win, that feeling, I want that forever. I promise it was just the beginning. And I promise that where these last two teams are going, that's where we're planning on being. It was always the Jags, Trevor. Well, great heartwarming letter. That letter is from the guy's heart, I can tell. It's from his heart, his soul, his eyes. 
his feelings. I'm glad he's our quarterback. I think if he stays healthy, and this is me talking now, I finished the Trevor Lawrence letter. It was a long one. But give him credit. I mean, it wasn't like a short, it wasn't a short statement, like, or, or two or three paragraphs. Man, it was a long, heartfelt letter from the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, to Jacksonville. Something else happened um, in the last day or so. Um, you know, as you know, the Jaguars had an opening at wide receiver coach. The the uh, the wide receiver coach left. The current wide receiver left for a college football assistant's job. It opened up a spot, and now the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, have hired a new wide receivers coach. And let's see, the new wide receivers coach, man, it's, uh, what's the guy's name? Chad Allen, I believe. Um, it was the uh, Buffalo Bills coach. Let's see, Chad Allen. Yeah, and, you know, the guy, you know, I, I, I did a little research. Chad Allen was, was you know, making... Over six hundred thousand dollars. That's pretty good money for an assistant coach. It was well over six hundred thousand, like you know, getting up to near. It was over six fifty actually, going up to near seven hundred thousand. So he's going to leave the Bills. Chad Hall, wide receiver. Bills wide receiver coach Chad Hall departs the Bills and joins the Jaguars coaching staff. Now I don't know if the Jags offered him more money. I'm I'm sure there was a raise involved. Would be my guess. I think he wants to be part of it with Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars. The Jaguars have not a complete number one wide receiver, but they got some pretty good wide receivers, you know, with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And and we, we do know Marvin Jones Jr. is probably not going to be here. He did some good things. But the main guys coming back are, you know, going to be Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and you got Calvin Ridley coming in off the trade. We'll talk more about the Jaguars. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 14. More to come. North Florida Entertainment coming up. Okay, did, hey, did I call the guy Chad Allen? It's actually Chad Hall. My apologies to Chad Hall, the new wide receivers coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wide receivers coach Chad Hall, the latest to leave the Buffalo Bills. Um, Chad Hall was making good money in Buffalo. Again, as I mentioned, well over $600,000. I think it was well over $650,000 going toward that $700,000 stratosphere. I'm assuming he got he's getting some kind of raise coming to Jacksonville, but a chance to work with really an ascending group, a group that's on the climb in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, wide receivers in place, uh, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, um, Calvin Ridley coming in once he gets reinstated, I'm assuming, after the Super Bowl for his suspension when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. The Jaguars made a trade to uh, secure the rights of Calvin Ridley is Calvin Ridley coming in um, 
this this is my question to the fans also, and even myself and people doing comparisons. You got Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. Does Calvin Ridley, when he comes in, does he have a chance to become the best of the three? Will he be the best of the three? I think that's that's a question that needs to be pondered and talked about and asked. Or do those guys just become a really good trio? You know, not a great wide receiving core, but perhaps a good or a very good trio of wide receivers for the Jacksonville Jaguars. With Calvin Ridley coming in, does that mean you don't draft a wide receiver in the first or second round? Probably. I still think the Jags will draft a wide receiver, but I think there's bigger needs uh, for maybe another offensive lineman, another defensive lineman before you start talking about drafting a wide receiver. Evan Ingram, does he re-sign with the Jaguars? Did the Jaguars slap him, slap the franchise tag on him? There's a lot of questions coming up here in the offseason, and heck, it's just February the 11th. I'm glad we got the name right. Wide receivers coach Chad Allen, um, the latest apparently to leave the Buffalo Bills. You know, the Buffalo Bills still got the quarterback. Stephon Diggs still a, a bill, right? My executive producer, JC, always keeps me informed about the Buffalo Bills, and he talks about the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. So there's a lot to talk about. I'm glad I got that name right. The great thing about having a kind of a lengthy podcast, and I know we've tried to shorten the podcast, but and sometimes we make mistakes, and I'll be the first to tell you is we, we may not be able to correct all the mistakes, but we try to correct most of them, and Obviously, if we have the opportunity, we'll correct all of them. But we make mistakes. I feel like we say some things that come to fruition also. So the the whole goal of our podcast is to try to make sense out of it all. Here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, we talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. I do want to touch base on the Super Bowl. Kansas City getting ready to lock up. And, you know, the Jaguars got eliminated by Kansas City, and they made it to the Super Bowl. I think Kansas City's got a shot of actually winning the game. An old Joe Namath line there. Um, I um, What did Joe say? We're going to win the game. Man, weren't the Jets like a, what were they, like a 16, 17-point underdog or more? And they won the game. Joe Namath told him, we're going to win the game. He, You know, he made his guarantee. Let's take a look at the line. I've, I've seen this Super Bowl line, you know, at two points and then down to a point and a half. Um, the game is February the 12th. Coming up this Sunday, in fact, in our BigJReport.com Facebook group, we do have some polls up. People can... Pick who think they think is going to win the game. We're actually having a contest. Um, you can you can pick who you think is going to win the game. I think we also have a, a poll up. Pick pick who wins. Who who you think is going to win the game? Pick your score. We even have a another post up. Hey, what's the score going to be at halftime? So we've got different things you you can do at BigJReport.com on the Facebook group. Let me pull up the line. We're also going to check North Florida Entertainment. We'll, uh, boy, how about the Iceman, man? Outskating Atlanta 2-1. to one. 
on Friday night, February the 10th at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Let's pull up the latest on the Super Bowl. I remember one of the first lines when I was a kid. They were going around interviewing people. Miami was playing somebody in the Super Bowl. And I think it was actually, it could have been the Dallas game that Miami lost. And then Miami won two consecutive Super Bowls after losing to Dallas in the early 70s. Um, the Dolphins had the 1972 perfect season. And for two straight years, they won the Super Bowl. They beat the Washington Redskins. Yes, they were the Redskins back then. And they also beat the Minnesota Vikings. I know in the victory over Minnesota, Larry Zonka had like a game for the ages. And those great players back back in the early 70s. And yeah, North Florida, you know, not everybody, but there were a lot of Miami Dolphin fans in North Florida. That was long before the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was even before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As far as pro football history in the state of Florida. Let's take a look at the uh, latest on the Super Bowl, which is now going to kick off this Sunday, February the 12th, 2023. Let's see, the kickoff is going to be at 6.30 p.m. this Sunday, February the 12th of 2023 at 6.30 p.m. at State Farm Stadium in Arizona. I've heard a lot of interesting stories about that stadium, what they do with the grass and, you know, Somehow, they, I think they take the field outside to warm the grass and put it back into the stadium, almost like, a, almost like you know, they got a giant skillet, and they're moving the grass out and moving it back in. I, I saw a film of that. I thought that was most interesting. Let's take a look. Um, our source. We have a source that we go to. We got many sources, actually. Our executive producer, JC. But this is not from him. This is another source that I believe in. Most of the time, but they're not always right. Nobody's right all the time when it comes to picking football teams. This Super Bowl is incredible from the standpoint that both of these teams are 16 and three. Great records. Now, the Jaguars, when you got down to the final eight of the playoffs, the Jaguars were really the only team that didn't have like a really, you know, other than the Giants, maybe. But the Jaguars really did not have a great record. But keep in mind, the Jaguars did end up eight and three. I mean, you're talking about a team that was two and six to start the season. The first half of the season, they were two and six. And then they went seven and two the last half of the season, nine and eight in the regular season, and won the AFC South Division title. It's going to be a nice banner in the in the TIA Bank Field or whatever the stadium's called next year. I think there's going to be a name change of the stadium here in Jacksonville. Taking a look at the Super Bowl, again, the Super Bowl uh, this Sunday evening, February the 12th of 2023 at 6.30 p.m. kickoff at State Farm Stadium in the great state of Arizona. We got listeners in Arizona to the podcast also. We got we got listeners in as many as 30, 37 states now, I believe. Isn't that incredible? Northern Ireland, you guys represent about 3% of our total listeners. I mean, we got people listening all over the world. UK, Wales, uh, Newport, Wales. I want to say hello to my good friend Andy Powers, who listens in the UK and in and, and, and the Wales area. I know he, he moved about a year ago, but I, I know he's in, you know, he's basically in the same place, but moved to a different neighborhood, I'm assuming. Andy Powers, hello to you. John Gaylor, special hello to you. Terry Knott. 
Ray Jenny, Robert Irwin, William Curtis Kears. Jerry Brown, one of my favorite guys have been under the weather. Jerry, I hope you're doing much better now. Jerry Brown runs uh, Jaguars Let's Go, the Facebook group. Uh, Robert Irwin posts a lot in that group and, and helps Jerry. And they got a really, really good group. And there's a lot of other great Jaguars groups as well out there. And, you know, I think we're going we're gonna to have to spend – one of our podcasts on talking about these incredible Jaguars groups. Now, our Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group, is not a quote-unquote Jaguars group. But I'm going to tell you, we talk about the Jaguars every day. But we also talk about sports, more sports, the SEC, local news, even sometimes doing some national or world news. We don't really get too political in there. But but everything else, pretty fair game. Sports, sports, more sports, local news, uh, news for our local areas. And we kind of stretch from North Florida to South Georgia to a pocket of South, Southeast Alabama, and even down to Central Florida. That's kind of our area. But we got people listening to the podcast everywhere. Ohio, state of Ohio, state of Washington, Georgia, Florida, Texas, New York, Alabama, uh, state of Washington. Almost everywhere, thirty-seven states. Um, I know that um, I know that Big George Bowen, who's played indoor arena and semi-pro football for like eighteen years. I know Big George Bowen's mother even listens to us up in Montana. I want to say hello to some other um, semi-pro and indoor football players too. And Enrique uh, Crumbs, uh, David Martin. Uh, our good friend uh, Ellis Smith, who I, I've interviewed back when he was with the Orlando Predators. I'm assuming Ellis will be playing again this year somewhere. want to say hello to Chris Parker and T.J. Overman with the North Florida uh, local band Psychic Deli. And all you guys listening in, Mike Pate, hello to you. I was kind of concerned about Mike Pate. I, I haven't heard from him much lately in the Facebook group. Mike, I did notice you you checked out a story I, I put up on Facebook. And, Mike, I'm glad to see you're doing okay, man. Kenneth Harris, hello to you. Uh, our executive producer, JC's nephew, Zach, hello to you. Uh, JC's, uh, our executive producer, JC's uh, twin brother, Jarrett, but they're not identical twins. But, um, again, our executive producer, JC, want to say hello to his brother, Jarrett. His nephew, Zach. Um, also, David Monk Rickley. I guess we're doing the shout-out list. Miller Mark, a comedian for End Up in New York. John Gaylor, David Monk Rickley, Mary Lou Halub. Lehman Northway lives way up north, but he's been a Jaguars fan forever since they started. Bobby Eide lives way up north, too, but she used to live in Jacksonville. Bobby Eide, hello to you. Robert Irwin, hello. Ray Jenny, Ellis Smith. Um, sometimes I miss people. Terry, not again, Chris Parker and TJ Overman with Psychic Deli, Greg Bowen, Greg Bowen. Hello to you. We got some new members of our Facebook group uh, coming in too. They're welcome to comment on things we're doing in the bigjreport.com Facebook group as well. So I want to say hello to Solo from our group too. He's a uh, outdoor football player with the Argyle Avengers, Mr. Solo. And Larry Mostranakis. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Alex Nunry. That was your old pediatrician. I believe he listens to us now and then. Larry Mostranakis. 
tough name to say, but I, I hope I pronounced it right for the most part. David Martin keeps us up to date with APDFL football. That's coming up in the next few days as well, semi-pro football. And I think I, I don't think I, I, if I didn't, if you didn't hear your name this time around, I apologize. Um, usually when we finish the podcast, oh, I forgot to do this. I forgot to do that. But right now we're going to take a look and kind of isolate in on the Super Bowl. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Here we go. We got the info up. Kansas City Chiefs 16 and 3. Winners of the AFC Championship, Philadelphia Eagles 16 and 3. Winners of the NFC Championship. And I think before the Super Bowl, it's a really good opportunity to congratulate these teams. Kansas City Chiefs winning that Lamar Hunt trophy, the Philadelphia Eagles winning the NFC, Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC, both with identical 16 and three records. So that means they played their 17-game regular season. They both won um, two playoff games. And, you know, the the bye means more than a lot of people think because both of these teams, both of these teams got the bye in the first round. They didn't have to play the first round game. They got to rest that first week. They both won their two playoff games. Philadelphia really won their playoff games very decidingly. I mean, they destroyed the Giants, then simply destroyed the 49ers. The 49ers were having quarterback problems. But you got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. Kansas City, of course, uh, knocked off our Jacksonville Jaguars, and then they beat um, Cincinnati in the AFC title game. So you got Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles, both teams 16-3. and Let's take a look at it. Our source is starting to like Philadelphia to win the game. Our source is honestly saying kind of a low, low scoring game, Philadelphia. And I've got a lot of people in the Facebook group that are picking high scores. There's some low scores, but a lot of high scoring. A lot of people think the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Uh, Jalen Hurts could end up being the MVP. We'll see how it plays out. You got a pretty good tight end in Kansas City. You got a pretty good quarterback in Patrick Mahomes with Kansas City. The thing with Patrick Mahomes is he had a high ankle sprain. What was it now? It's been like three weeks ago against the Jaguars. So now he's had a couple of weeks to kind of rest that high ankle sprain. We really don't know to the degree it is. I look for Patrick Mahomes to have probably a little bit better movement in the Super Bowl coming off his high ankle sprain he suffered against the Jaguars when I think Arden Key kind of inadvertently fell on him. It's amazing how injuries happen sometimes. They can happen in an odd way. Arden Key, I don't think, I think he meant to tackle uh, Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think he meant to fall on him. And sometimes that's how injuries happen in the freakish and most uh, fluke ways. So our source is kind of liking the Eagles to win. Um, I'm looking at it. Our source is kind of saying, based on all the mathematic info, our source is kind of saying the he thinks the Eagles are going to win 27 to 23 over Kansas City. I kind of like Kansas City. I'm kind of thinking Kansas City wins this game by a point or two. It's going to be a close one. Could come down to a field goal. Um, the spread on the game now originally was like two points. 
Philadelphia was favored by two. They've been favored by a point and a half, a point and a half again, sometimes two points. I'm looking at the very latest point spread. Philadelphia now a one and a half point favorite. I like Kansas City personally. Our source likes Philadelphia to cover the spread. Um, our source is actually saying Philadelphia will win the game, cover the spread, and the total will go under. Our source is kind of predicting a source we go to that we'll leave unnamed, but our source we go to is kind of inferring the Philadelphia Eagles win the game 27 to 23 over the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a prediction from our source. Um, let's see. The I was trying to find the um, trying to see if I can find an over under. Looks like the over under is about 49 and a half points, 49.5 or 49 and a half points. And if the game comes out like our source thinks, yeah, they're obviously going to pick the under because 27 to 23, that's going to be close. I'm not even sure I'd play the over-under because it's 49 and a half. There's some decimal points involved. Our source is still saying he may be, when he says, when we say 27, 23, he may actually be saying like 26 to 22. 26 to 22 would be what? 26 to 22 would be 48 points. And the over-under is 49.5. So I think the source is telling you to go under. And if they're telling you to go under, I would change the score a little bit because there's decimal points involved. I'm going to say Philadelphia 26, Kansas City 22. But it's very, very close on that over-under. I'm, I'm not sure I would play the over-under. Uh, if there's a team you like, pick that team. You know, some people bet on games. I really don't. Um, some people have learned their lessons about that. But I know that I was right about, um, you know, some of the playoff games that were played. And I was wrong about one or two others. Um, again, our source, uh, for the record, our source likes Philadelphia to win a close game, cover the spread slightly, and the total slightly going under. So I'm not sure, based on what our source is saying, that over-under could be very, very close. I don't think there's really a, a way of looking at that and saying de- definitively you should play under or over. Philadelphia will win, cover the spread, and the total will go under. It's all very, very close. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Super Bowl Sunday, this Sunday, February the 12th of 2023 at 6.30 p.m., our source is actually saying 26 to 22, but some decimal points after the score prediction. So if you add everything up digitally, uh, decimally, with decimal points, it is officially under, but not by much. I wouldn't play the under. I'd stay away from that under. If there's a team you like, Go with them because the point spread's only a point and a half. Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles favored by a point and a half, one and a half points in most circles at this point. So that's kind of our take on the Super Bowl. It'll be played in Arizona this Sunday, February the 12th, 6.30 p.m. of the year 2023. Got a couple of things to take a look at. Uh, we are going to take a look at East Coast hockey. Boy, how about them? 
the Jacksonville Icemen. They beat Atlanta 2-1 to on Friday night, February the 10th. I'm going to bring up real quick the East Coast Hockey League standings for the Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League on this February the 11th, as the standings are on February the 11th. Uh, let's take a look at the Southern Division. There's like four divisions in the East Coast Hockey League, so there's well over 20 teams in the league. Florida Everblades are up to 60 points. They're 27. Can you believe it? 27 wins, 11 losses, four overtime losses. They got a really good record. Florida Everblades, 60 total points in the East Coast Hockey League Southern Division standings. How about Jacksonville? Jacksonville, the Icemen have now moved into second place all, all alone now with 59 points by virtue of the 2-1 to one win over the Atlanta Gladiators on Friday night, February the 10th. South Carolina Stingrays in third place with 57 points. Greenville Swamp Rabbits tied with third and fourth at 57 points. The Atlanta Gladiators, to tell you how important a game that was, that game where the Icemen beat them 2-1 to one on Friday night, February the 10th. The Icemen are in fifth place now at 54 points. You have got literally six points separating about five teams in the East Coast Hockey League Southern Division standings. Atlanta Gladiators with 54 total points in the standings. Orlando sliding upwards a bit with 50 total points in the standings, but in sixth place. It's really a five-team race at this point for the division, for the division lead, the division title. With still a lot of hockey to be played. And the Savannah Ghost Pirates, the new guys on the block, the new team to the East Coast Hockey League Southern Division, the Savannah Ghost Pirates are way down in seventh place at 30. Six total points in the standings. We got more coming up. North Florida Entertainment. More North Florida Entertainment, I should say, coming right up. Stay tuned and stand by to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Hey, giving you giving you really a, a lot of good coverage, I feel like, on the Till Shirt Report Podcast Network. We've kind of been vastly becoming a network. Uh, we put out a lot of episodes. This is the fourth year of our podcast. This is our fourth year, our fourth season. And this marks episode show number 14. We're going to take a look. Of course, at uh, North Florida Entertainment, I want to salute some of the Jaguars groups out there, the Jaguars Den, and a lot of these groups allow us to, you know, promote our podcast, you know, in their groups, and we do appreciate that very, very much. Jaguar Life uh, 904 uh, is another group. There's uh, Generation Jaguars, uh, which is uh, Jag Nation, I believe it's called. Got Forever Jaguars, many, many other groups, Teal and Black, um, Teal, Black, and Gold. Man, there's a lot of these groups. And I know sometimes we'll talk about the groups, and I'll, I'll miss this one or that one. Um, I know that Mike Riggins has a really, really good group, Duval, Till We Die, D. And so it's uh, DTWD, Duval, Till We Die. A lot of great Jaguars groups, Duval Daily. 
Duval Daily Group is uh, run by our good friend, uh, William Curtis Kearse. Uh, I want to say hello to Robert Irwin and Jerry Brown with Jaguars. Let's go. These are some of my, you know, my favorite Jaguars groups. And there's some new ones popping up like the Jaguars Den. And I mentioned Jaguar Life 904 as well. And a lot of the guys have come to me and said, hey, Scott, join our group. Again, I've, I've joined a bunch of uh, Jaguars groups. Uh, I want to say hello to some of the folks. Uh, Chris Bowman, an administrator with uh, Jaguar Life 904. Um, I want to say hello to uh, Katie Atkins uh, Bowman. I believe he's an administrator in that group as well. Jaguars. Uh, Jaguar Life 904. Jaguar without the S. Jaguar Life 904. We'll take a look at uh, North Florida Entertainment. Let's pull up some uh, concerts. There's still quite a quite a number of uh, concerts coming up. You can go to BigJReport.com, our website. Scroll the website, you know, and you'll find a lot of stuff up there. You'll find LakeUfallHits.com, Great Internet Radio, one of our, our sponsors of the Teal Shirt Report podcast and BigJReport.com. You want to go to the Pro Bowl? A lot of people want to take that trip to Canton, Ohio. Contact Dee Dee McDermott. His phone number's up on our website on the homepage as well. I want to thank Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. And want to salute Mad Max with the Internet Radio. It's the Internet Radio Show Music Request Show Wednesday nights. MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. Wednesday nights from 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 until. Nine o'clock Eastern time. I talked to Max on the phone a couple of days ago and Max, Mad Max told me, I asked him, I said, how's the show going? He said, it's going really good. They got a lot of people that, you know, text him for requests or, or call Max and he'll give you the phone number during the show on Wednesday nights at um, the madmaxmix.weebly.com. You'll find the easy to click on links in our neighbors Two section of our bigjreport.com website as well. Keep in mind, the easiest way to listen to this podcast, go to our website, bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage. You will find a link up there for normally the latest, the very latest Teal Shirt Report podcast will be up there. Let's take a look at some uh, concerts uh, that we got coming up in North Florida shows that are now scheduled uh, Joan Jett appearing on Friday night, March the 3rd of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the historic Florida Theater in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, plus, let me mention the Mad Max Mix again. Plus, the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time and 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. And it can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. Or go to our website at bigjreport.com, scroll our outside the box section or the neighbors two section, and you'll find an easy to click on link for Mad Max's Wednesday night internet radio Wednesday night music request show. The air supply show was coming and gone. It was held back on January 27th at the Florida Theater. Uh, Deep Purple is, it looks like the next one coming up. Deep Purple from Smoke on the Water Fame. Uh, Deep Purple on Sunday night, February the 19th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the Florida Theater. 
I know Mad Max would probably love to see, he'd love to see Deep Purple. I just got a feeling Max would love that show. Deep Purple from Smoke on the Water fame. Deep Purple on Sunday night, February the 19th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the Historic Florida Theater uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. And a great place to see shows. I've seen shows there. It's a great place to go see a, a concert or any type of event. Uh, came across this one recently. Uh, the Beach Boys will be in St. Augustine, Florida at the St. Augustine, Florida Amphitheater. Beach Boys in St. Augustine, Florida on Saturday night, February the 25th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the St. Augustine, Florida Amphitheater. Also, the long-awaited journey in Toto Show. Hey, it's coming in just a few days. Again, that is Journey and Toto coming to Jacksonville, Florida soon in just a few days now. On Sunday, February the 26th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena here in Jacksonville, Florida. Your chance to see them in North Florida. Also, Kenny Loggins. Man, Kenny had a lot of great songs, had the music on the Top Gun soundtrack. Kenny Loggins with that song, I'm All Right, um, and many, many other songs, so many. When you go to the Kenny Loggins show, you'll say, oh, man, I remember that one, and I remember this one. He did a song called This Is It, This Is It. So many other great songs. Kenny Loggins at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida on Sunday, March the 12th of 2023 at 7 o'clock p.m. You still have time to plan to go to that one. Here's another big one. The Eagles and the Hotel California Tour will come to Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday night, March the 25th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. Here's another good one. Natalie Merchant. Coming up in April, I've seen Natalie in concert. I I saw her at the Florida Theater. This time around, she's at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. Uh, Natalie Merchant will be in St. Augustine on Friday night. Let's see, it's Friday night, the day after my birthday. Natalie Merchant on Friday night, April the 28th of 2023 in St. Augustine, Florida at the St. Augustine Amphitheater at the St. Augustine Amphitheater, expect a good show in this one. So again, that is some of the shows out there in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, North Florida, uh, surrounding areas. I'm sure we'll be adding some more shows um, to the concert listing, which you can actually find in our Neighbors 2 section on the BigJReport.com as well. Super Bowl contest at BigJReport.com Facebook group. Let's see, phase three Super Bowl contest. Who wins the MVP at this year's Super Bowl 57? And name two players that will score one touchdown, will score one or more touchdowns. Uh, Robert Irwin says Philly wins 38-31. The MVP will be Hurts. A.J. Brown and uh, Jerick McKinnon will have TDs. Ray Jenny's going the other way. He says Patrick Mahomes will be the MVP. Let's see. Ray's picking um, Ray's picking Kansas City, obviously, to win the game. Um, 
and this is the kind of stuff you get. Uh, Jason Hoffner says uh, Jalen Hurts will win the MVP. D. Smith and A.J. Brown with touchdowns in the game. Now, these guys that make these predictions in our Facebook group, these are some big football fans because they know the players, they know the teams, they know the history of the Super Bowl. So if you want to get in our Super Bowl contest, go to our BigJReport.com Facebook group. And I'm going to have about about four different phases of the contest. Like you pick the winner, you pick the score, you pick the score at halftime. Uh, you pick who wins the MVP, name two players that will score one or more touchdowns in the game. And I haven't put phase four up, but phase four is going to be like how many field goals will be scored in the game. I think that's going to be the, the last phase that I put up in the Facebook group. But we have a lot of fun with that. Ray Jenny seems to think Patrick Holmes will be the MVP. He's picking the Chiefs. He thinks uh, Kelsey with uh, Kansas City will score one or more touchdowns. And Ray Jenny saying A.J. Brown with the Eagles will score a touchdown or more as well. So that's some of what's going on. I was, you know, I was pulling up our Facebook group. We got a rain in Jacksonville on the forecast. Currently clouds, some light rain. 60 was our low this morning. Uh, looks like high temperatures in the 70s, lows at night in the 50s. About an 80% chance of rain today on Saturday, February the 11th. Looks like a rainy and wet weekend uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, um, let's see, Florida Gators back in action. Florida Gator basketball team coming off just a terrible what was it a 30 or 40 point loss where they gave up i think what 96 or 97 points to the alabama college basketball team uh pamela longino says go gators in that uh that basketball that basketball post um there was a lot of rain i saw some rain on on friday we took some pictures of some of the rain and traffic and be careful out there especially when it's wet Jacksonville Iceman won two to one over the Atlanta Gladiators on Friday night, uh, February the tenth. I do want to mention that one more time, even on Super Bowl weekend, want to salute the Jacksonville Jaguars, the AFC South Division champions. I was following some high school basketball from Friday night. Saw a few of the games out there. Uh, we will be posting high school basketball scores on our website on the homepage at bigjreport.com. Uh, Had a post uh, coffee now brewing at World Headquarters. Have a great Saturday. Have a great Saturday, everybody, from Big J Report and, of course, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. One of our moderators, uh, Howard Cogswell, was at the – he had a good time. I could tell. He was putting some posts up in the Facebook group. He was having a good time at the at the Iceman uh, versus the Atlanta Gladiators game where the Iceman won 2-1 to one over Atlanta on Friday night, February the 10th. Howard Cogswell had a great time. He was a longtime radio guy, too. And uh, Howard Cogswell had a looked like he had a great time at the Iceman win. Jacksonville Iceman Hockey is, I mean, it's family-friendly entertainment. And you want to talk about affordable to take 
yourself and your family to a hockey game in the East Coast Hockey League, man, it's some of the best entertainment for the, the dollar value with Jacksonville Iceman Hockey at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. And you have the Jacksonville Iceman in the East Coast Hockey League, the Jacksonville Iceman 2, the Atlanta Gladiators won a final on Friday night, February the 10th. Huge win for the Iceman at home at the arena at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. I was going through the Facebook group, even saw Ace Freely was on stage playing again. Nice-looking guitar. Ace Freely shakes things up at some of the first shows of 2023. Man, he's still playing the former uh, Kiss guitar player. I guess he's he's always a member of Kiss at heart. I think Kiss has already had their farewell tour as well, but Ace Freely's still out there kind of kind of playing as Ace Freely now. Um, I made a comment, nice-looking guitar. Boy, Ace Freely does have a really nice-looking guitar out there. Um. The uh, the hire by the Jaguars, I want to mention this again because I want to make sure I have the clarity here because earlier we'd kind of mixed up the name. There's so many Chads out there. The Jacksonville Jaguars hire a new wide receiver coach, Chad Hall from the Buffalo Bills, to fill a recent opening. Chad Hall was making big money, well over $600,000 as an assistant football coach, as a wide receivers coach. Man, those guys make pretty good money. He was making well over $600,000. I believe he was actually making well over $650,000. The players, some of the players and most of the players, uh, high-paid players making bigger money than that even. A lot of money in the NFL, as you know. Um. I was just kind of scrolling, like a lot of people do, scrolling to the BigJReport.com Facebook group. Um, you can you can go through the Facebook group and catch the pot up show with uh, former Florida Gator quarterback uh, Shane Matthews, and there's a lot of he's had some some guest host and a lot of great guests on that show as well. Because right now Shane Matthews is in Orlando. And Shane is one of the assistant coaches for the uh, the new Orlando Guardians of the XFL, which is getting ready to start up in just a few days. I found the Alabama score. I tell you, I don't I don't really care what anybody says. This was a bad loss. Anytime you get beat by a team by like almost thirty points, it was Alabama ninety-seven, the Florida Gators sixty-nine. Uh, that game was played, what, two or three days ago? That was a tough one. I made a comment, tough one, shake it off, more basketball to come. The Florida Gator defense concerns me in that loss. Alabama scored 97 points. The Gators shooting went cold. Alabama won that game 97-69 to 69 just about, what, about two or three days ago. And so that's uh, some of what's going on. There's some pretty cool Iceman uh, highlights in our BigJReport.com Facebook group as well. I was trying to find, um, let's see, hi, this is what I was looking for. Before we wrap up the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 14 of season number four, I just wanted to mention I was looking at some high school basketball scores. My dad's old school, the Riverside Generals. Dad played basketball at Lee. And... I heard heard a lot of stories from dad back in the day. I miss my dad. He passed away. It's been uh, about two years ago. 
High school basketball on Friday night, February the 10th of 2023. We'll give you just a couple of scores. The rest of the scores you can find on our homepage at BigJReport.com. On our homepage, we do have a listing of some high school basketball scores. You know, for North Florida, South Georgia, uh, even a pocket of South, Southeast Alabama, some Central Florida scores and much more. Just a couple of scores to mention. High school basketball on Friday night, February the 10th of 2023. The Riverside Generals, formerly Lee High School, 60. The Westside Wolverines, 55. They were the school that used to be known as Forest High School. Uh, checking a couple other scores, other scores that uh, we're comp- compiling now, and most of these scores will be added up to our website, bigjreport.com, to our homepage. You can also find some interviews recently that Alex Nunnery has done concerning high school basketball. Other scores that we are compiling now, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Rebalt Trojan 62, Andrew Jackson 45, a final. The uh, Columbia County Lake City Tigers 68, Tallahassee Rickards 38, a final. These games were played on Friday night, February the 10th of 2023. Hey, if you got any scores I don't have, you can add them to our BigJReport.com Facebook group or email me, Scott at BigJReport.com. That's Scott at BigJReport.com. And for the rest of the high school basketball scores, we got more scores up and we'll be adding more scores to the BigJReport.com website. That's our BigJReport.com website. Check us out on our homepage. You scroll enough, you'll find... Some high school basketball scores, our North Florida weather info, and much, much more. I see Alex Nunry was at the Shark Tank for the top 10 matchup between Oak Leaf and Ponte Vedra in the district championship. I didn't get the score from Alex. I hope, hope to get the score. You know, I can pull up some scores. Let me see if I can find that one real quick. Uh, the Providence School 73, Episcopal 48. Here's the man. This was a good game. Alex went to Oakley 48, Pontevedra 47 in high school basketball. These games were played. Let's see. These games were played on Friday night, February the 10th. We'll be adding these scores and more to our website at bigjreport.com. Again, Columbia County 68, records from Tallahassee 38, Hilliard 63, Madison County 49. And again, the game Alex went to. Oakleaf won the game, close game, and some good defense in this one. Oakleaf 48, the Ponte Vedra Sharks 47, the final score. That's going to do it for this uh, episode show of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, season number four. Episode show number 14. Special thanks to our producers. The uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast is eloquently produced by Alex Nunnery. Also by our executive producer, JC, who does just a fantastic job. And special thanks uh, to John Gaylor as well for helping us out with these uh, podcasts and broadcast, as I call them as well. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott. I'm out. Hey, we'll be back again. You know, whether you tune back in in, the, in, in a few minutes, a few hours, or maybe tomorrow, we'll have, uh, we'll have a new We'll have a new edition up really, really soon. Again, this has been episode show number 14 of season number four of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Again, I'm your host, Scott. 
and I'm really out this time. Take care. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.